We just wanted to say thank you very much for those that are sowing into the House of Hope, kind of where that is and what's going on with that. As you can see, some of the uh, some of the progress that's been taking place. There's been a new roof. There's been soffit fascia. New windows have gone in. We had to totally restud the entire home. Now we've got new electrical in there. So it's been a process, but we wanted to say thank you. So turn to somebody next to you and say thank you. And they're like. What are you thanking me for? Because you guys are sowing into the kingdom of God, and that's what it's all about. They're going to pass you out some information. Um, I wanted you to know that 4 o'clock this morning I was up, and 
I was awake. And how many of you know, sometimes, um, sometimes that's the best time I can spend with the Lord. Amen. Um, one of the things that I really wanted to share with you was, you know, what, what's going on with, uh, us personally, what's going on with Living Word Fellowship, what's going on with the House of Hope, what's going on with the different ministries that are involved, and also the bountiful offering for today. So I wanted to kind of share with you, a lot of times people are like, you know, where did my money go? One time I wanted to do this and share, and I was going to use the deal, where did my money go? You know, where did my money go to? And I can begin to tell you exactly where it's going to pay the electric bill, the to, to pay the lights, to, to pay the taxes, pay all the building payment, all this other stuff. And, and that's all legitimate. That's all important. It's all it, just like you. Your life is, is the same way. You're paying bills, right? You're, you're taking care of things. You're providing for your family. We're doing the same thing here at Living Word Fellowship Church. Um, the House of Hope is going to continue. We've got some more work to continue on it, but it's going to, it's going to be little by little and it's going to be a process. So I was, instead of, I was like, okay, God, I was going to give you all facts and figures and all this other stuff. And at four o'clock this morning, he said, no, I want to share you my heart. So I gave you a handout. It was called kingdom economics because how many of you know, however, God's kingdom is funded. It's not funded by the government. God's kingdom is not funded by the city. God's kingdom is not funded by uh, welfare or anything, any other program, social program. God's kingdom is funded wholly and solely by the sons and daughters of the king. By those that he is touching and saying, this is what needs to be done. This is how it needs to be done. And have a heart for what I'm going to call eternal rewards. So I, I thought, okay, God, if I'm not going to do this, then, then what am I going to do? And he started outlining what I've given you about kingdom economics. So I want to go through. There's some things that I'm not going to talk about today. And, and while you're looking at your sheet, you're welcome to look right at it. In Genesis 26:12, he says, Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in that same year a hundredfold. I'm not going to talk about Isaac and how he sowed in the time of famine. I'm not going to talk about how he reaped a hundredfold, but he did. I'm not going to talk about that today. Deuteronomy 1.11 says, May the Lord, your God of your fathers, increase you, listen, a thousandfold more than you are and bless you, just as he promised you. I'm not going to talk about that today, how God can take and bless you a thousandfold more than you are. I'm not going to talk about the promises that God has for you. There are promises in the word of God that he's promised to do certain things and promised to take care of you, but I'm not going to talk about that today. I'm not going to talk about Deuteronomy 8:18. He says, but you shall remember the Lord your God for who is giving you the power to make wealth. A lot of times people don't want to hear that they have the opportunity, the power to make wealth, to generate something, to help produce something. He goes on and he says, for this wealth is really not for you. It's to confirm and establish his covenant. But I'm not going to talk about that today. I'm not going to talk about Psalms 115, 14 says that the Lord may increase you and your children. As parents, we want increase for our children, don't you? 
You want them to have a better life than you had. You want them to experience better things than you. You want them to be able to have a deeper, more intimate relationship and have peace. Don't you want that? But I'm not going to talk about that today. I'm not going to talk about Proverbs 3, verses 9 and 10. He says, to honor the Lord with your wealth and from all the first fruits. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. I don't know about you, but... But uh, I want some vats to be full and I want some things overflowing. But I'm not going to talk about that today. I'm not going to talk about Proverbs 19, 17. Or excuse me, let me go to Proverbs 10, 22. It's the blessing of the Lord that makes you rich and he adds no sorrow to it. I'm not going to go into in depth about the blessing of the Lord that can make you rich. And he adds no sorrow to it. So if you're emotionally strong and you're emotionally rich and you're spiritually rich, God's not concerned about that. If you're financially wealthy, God's not concerned about that. He's concerned about your heart, but I'm not going to go into that today of Proverbs 10:22. Proverbs 19:17 says, "One who is gracious to the poor lends unto the Lord, and he will repay you." I'm not going to talk about families helping families who was founded by this scripture right here. And says, he that lends to the Lord, the Lord will repay you. I'm not going to talk about what's going on with families helping families and the Hope Center that's going to be built. It's a $1.3 million project that's going to begin to give hope to the community. That's going to be able to reach out and connect resources and really make a difference like the coffee shop. Those that served in there made a difference. I'm not going to talk about that today. Proverbs 22, 9 says, He who is generous will be blessed, for he gives some of his food to the poor. Matthew six twenty says, But store up for yourself treasures in heaven, where moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is also. I'm not going to talk a whole lot about that, but I want you to understand that where your treasure is, where your heart is, there was your treasure also. I'm not going to talk about how sometimes we got that reversed. We think that, you know, that, that, that we, we put our heart there, then our money will follow. No, it's just the opposite. It's where you put your money, you, your heart follows. Matthew 13 talks about the parable of the sower. He says that these different types of soil in which it lands on, and that there will be a rate of return. How many of you businessmen and women want a 100% rate of return? You want a 60% rate of return, a 30% rate of return. And that's the kingdom economics that we're talking about. We're talking about an exponential rate of return that's greater than any return you could possibly get in any bank or any investment or anything else. This is the greatest investment. Matthew 13 talks about that. Luke 6, 37 and 38. It says, give and it shall be given unto you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. For the standard of measurement you use will be measured back to you. Whoa, look up just a moment. We were doing a Native American distribution years ago and we were sorting through the clothes and there was people bringing in stuff and they were like, here, give this to the Indians. And there was a shirt that didn't have an arm on it. And I remember sorting it out and seeing it and looking at somebody and they were like, well, you know, a shirt without an arm is better than no shirt at all. Can I tell you the truth? I wanted to ball it up and throw it back at him. And said, don't give that because the scripture says the measure that you use is measured back to you. So the measure that you use is measured back to you. 
And I want to be honorable, and we serve honor today. We honor those that were in the coffee shop. We honor those that led the Lord, led people to the Lord. We honor them because we want honored measured back to us. So he says, given it shall be given into you. Galatians 6, 6 through 8 says, The one who is taught the word is to share all good things with the one who teaches him. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will reap from the flesh, reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. I want to sow from the spirit. How about you? I want to sow eternal things and eternal things make a difference. First Timothy, verse six, verse 17, chapter six, verse 17. Paul is instructing Timothy. He said, instruct those who are rich in this present world, not to be conceited or to fix their hope on uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works. <laughs> How about that? But to be generous and ready to share. Storing up for themselves treasure of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which life is indeed, which is life indeed. In other words, you may have riches and you may have all these other things, but how many of you know it's greater that our riches are in heaven? It's place, it's treasure that's stored there. It can be, okay, what am I doing with that? And it's really about the heart of and the motive. Hebrews 6.10 says this, For God is not unjust as to forget your work and the love which you've shown towards his name. And having ministered and still ministering in the saints. And in context with that, he was talking about the ministers and saying, look, you, you have a right, you have an opportunity, but you know what? God's not going to forget about your works. And I'm here to tell you the things that you do for the Lord, for the Lord, he's not going to forget about. You may have years go by and people will forget, but I'm here to tell you that God is going to remember. Can I get an Amen. And there's things that you pray and things that you fast and you believe God and you stand and you do those things. I'm telling you, God will remember that. There was a prayer person in the, in the New Testament. His name was Cornelius. And there was a memorial that came up to the Lord about him because he was praying. And then all of a sudden his household got saved. I'm telling you, God remembers. Tell your neighbor, say God remembers. In 3 John chapter 2, he said, Beloved, I pray that in all respects that you may prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. I want your souls to prosper. I want you to prosper spiritually, physically, mentally, and emotionally. I want you to be able to overcome everything that the enemy tries to bring against you. I want you to be able to rise above the situations and the circumstance. I want you to be able to mount up like wings of an eagle and run and not grow weary, walk and not grow faint. Come on, somebody. I want you to be able to get to that place where you're saying, I'm going to rise above those situations and circumstances in my life. How do we do that? How do we do that? I look around today and some of you have may know about what's going to take place, but we're going to do a bountiful offering, a bountiful offering. It's hard because in, in 18 years that we've been pastoring, there's two things that people don't like you to talk about. They don't like you to talk about their kids and they don't like you to talk about their money. Can I get an amen? 
I mean, it is. It is what it is. It's, it's been that way for 18 years, and it's probably going to be that way in the future. But if you're kingdom people with a kingdom purpose, then this isn't going to be bad for you. Can I get an amen? <laughs> so turn with me to 2 Corinthians, because a lot of times I want to share with you how this happened. 19, 18 years ago, 17 years ago, we came into the church, and we began to pastor, and they were taking up two offerings a year. And I, this is hard for me to ask because I just want you to know what takes place spiritually. And a lot of times we don't realize and we don't understand that. And there's two reasons why people perish. And the Bible says one reason why people perish is for without a vision. The second one is my people perish for lack of knowledge. Not knowing. Not knowing how to do this. I'm not going to apologize for today. I've been born again for many years. When I was 24 years old, I got the, the idea of tithing, the concept of tithing. And if I didn't do anything else, that's what I did. And I'm telling you, it has opened doors in my life. Doors that I couldn't open. Come on, somebody. Doors that only God can open and ways that you can only step into it. And you got to look at him and say, God, you're the one. You did that for me. So they had two different offerings. Some of you have heard this many times, but this is new to some of you. There were two offerings in the church at that time, and there was a bountiful offering, and there was a, a Resurrection Sunday offering. And I was like, God, I, I understand that, but I understand religion also, and I understand how we can get in the process of doing things just in a religious habit. And I said, I need to see in the Word of God. And he took me to Second Corinthians. He took me to chapter 9, verses 1 through 15. Paul is the church of Corinth. You know, church of Corinth was kind of like a little bit like our church, you know, preaching, praying, prophesying, speaking in tongues and all this other stuff. You know, there was a rare experience in these spiritual gifts. They were out. They were doing all sorts of things. He was trying to bring in order. The very first letter that Paul gave to the church, I'm telling you, it was a very corrective letter. You can see, read in Second Corinthians that the next letter he wrote to him was a little bit softer. <laughs> it wasn't as so hard. It wasn't as, as tough. It wasn't as difficult. But Paul was just trying to straighten out some things. And there was some discussions of whether or not, you know, that he should receive any money for the churches or how that's all going to take place. And guys, this is how the kingdom operates. If I can't tell you how the kingdom operates, then you won't operate in the kingdom. But if I tell you how the kingdom operates, you'll operate in the kingdom and you'll have what the kingdom desires you to have. Come on. And that's righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. So 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 1 through 15. If you have electronic devices, feel free to get on there. Um, verse 1. For it is superlifous for me to write to you about this ministry of the saints. And I know your readiness to which I boast about you to the Macedonians, namely that our KI has been prepared since last year and that your zeal has stirred up most of them. But I've sent the brethren in order to in order that our boasting about you may not be made empty in this case, so that I was saying that you may be prepared. Look at me real quickly. Paul was actually boasting about another church that was wanting to sow into that ministry of that church. And although they didn't have a lot of money, they were poor. You know, sometimes we can look at it and say, we're poor, we ain't got no money. We don't do anything. But how many of you know you're only accountable for what you do have? Hello? I'm not accountable for what Kelly has. Kelly's accountable for what she has. Wayne's accountable for what he has. Steve's accountable for what he's had. I'm not accountable for what he is. I'm accountable for what God has given me. Can I get an amen on that? So he's going in and he's saying, look, they're wanting to come and they're wanting to bring money. They're wanting to bring money. So check this out. 
He says, otherwise in Macedonia, they would come with me and find you unprepared that we're not to speak of you, but will put to shame by this confidence. And he goes on and says this. So I thought it necessary to urge the brethren that we would go ahead of you and arrange beforehand, beforehand a previously promised, there it is, bountiful gift. So in other words, there's one church, they're wanting to sow into another church, and they've arranged this offering beforehand to bring it, previously arranged, a bountiful gift. Somebody say bountiful. It's a bountiful gift so that the same would be ready as a bountiful gift and not affected by covetousness. He goes on in verse 6, now I say this, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. But he who sows bountifully will also reap what? Anybody want some bounty? I want some bounty. I'm not talking about the quicker picker-upper. They work pretty good too. But we want a bountiful. Why do I want a bountiful? Pastor, why do you want to have bountiful offerings? Because when the overflow, we can help others. Come on, somebody. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to be serious. It's going to get a little rough right now. We're going to hit some turbulent air waters. Because what happens is this. And years ago, I just thought it would just be me four and no more. And God, just give me enough. I wanted to make $30,000 a year, raise my four kids, and have a beautiful wife, and just live happily ever after. How many of you know that's selfish? Because if I've been given the ability to make more than that, and my family just can live off of whatever we live off of, and there's an, a surplus, then I can help somebody else in need. And there's some of you that God has gifted to be able to turn a dollar into two dollars, or let's, let's do the parable. The one that he gave talents to, those were not whether you could sing or dance. You want to get real on the Bible? It was money. They were trading at the, at the, at the gates. It was foreign exchange, actually, is what it was. But he said, here's your two talents. Go and make two more. Here's your five talents. He went and made five more. Why? Because the five-talent person obviously had a ten-talent ability in them. Oh, come on, somebody. The two-talent person obviously was more than two talents because they went in two and they made two more, which is four, so they had a four-talent ability in them. See, a lot of times we use that, and it's all good to be able to use it for your, your physical talents, but I'm here to tell you that God's gifted some people to be paymasters. Oh, come on, somebody. You know some people like that. I know some people like that. They'll take a dollar and they'll turn it into 20. They'll take 20 and turn it into 2,000. And take 2,000 and go buy something and sell for 4,000. And 4,000, they'll turn it into 6,000. And we're all going, wow, that's pretty awesome. But he was saying, you know what? There's an abundance. There's an overflow. And because this church said, let's get together and let's give this overflow, all of a sudden, they're wanting to give in and sow into the ministry. And it's a bountiful offering. Say bountiful. I know, I know you're ready. Each one of us must do just as he's purposed in his heart. Do you see that in verse 7? Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Listen carefully. God's not asking you to do any more than what he tells you to do. Pastor is not asking you to do any more than what God tells you to do. If you have the ability to give and it's a hundred, it's a hundred. If you have an ability to give, it's ten thousand, it's ten thousand. If you have the ability to give a hundred thousand or a million, M I L L I O N. 
I've not written a check for a million before, but I have a desire that I want to write a check to somebody for a million dollars. Anybody want that check? Okay, I got a few people. The Bible's very clear. In this bountiful gift, he says, just as you've purposed in your heart to give. And some of you know we've been doing this for many years, and you've seen some things that have happened from that. And he goes on in verse 8, and he says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always having all sufficiency in everything, that you may have an abundance in every good deed. Anybody want an abundance? I want abundance in every good deed. I want it to overflow so we can, we can, we can help Mission Native America, so we can help the, the Native Americans, so we can help Manalito, New Mexico, so we can send money here, send money there. But how about Woodward? What about you guys? I want to get real, 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 real with you. I struggle when everybody else is struggling and they're trying to get jobs and they're, they're being laid off or it's difficult at times. And I struggle too. And I say, God, why is that? We want to be able to help and we want to be able to lead and we want to be able to guide and we want to be able to help sow into you and do what God's doing in your life because I know this is temporary. Somebody say this is temporary. It's temporary. I'm going to share my heart. Go with me to Philippians chapter 4. Some of you are like, I knew he was going to get to Philippians. Chapter 4. Let's look at verse 10. My little header says God's provision. It won't be much longer. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, and now the last time I've received your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. Here's Paul. He's in the church of Philippi. It was different than the church of Corinth, but we see a very similar thing happening. Very similar thing happening. There's an offering that's being taken up. There's an offering that they've said, we want to come, we want to give to you. And he was in, he was in Rome. He was in prison. And he goes on and he writes, not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. Hallelujah. I have my needs met. But I've also been at a place where I was hungry and I didn't have food. And I went to Kentucky Fried Chicken for $1.99. And I only had food to give me by three days. And I went hungry for three days, but I never stopped working. I never stopped believing. I never stopped moving forward. I never said, I said, you know what? It'll be okay because there's other people that have got it worse than I've got it. So Paul obviously had been known what it was like to be hungry, but he also knew what it was like to be full. So it's not somebody talking that doesn't know what you've been through. Verse 12, he says, I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. And in every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both having the abundance and sufficient need, or excuse me, and suffering need. And verse 13, and he puts this right in here. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And a lot of you don't know me. All, a lot of you just know of me. You don't really know me. But there's some that really truly know me and have been here and know what we've been doing. And it's got to be about the Lord. If it's not about the Lord, then it's no good. If it's not about the Lord, I don't want it. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Him who strengthens me. Verse 14 Nevertheless, you've done well to share with me in my affliction. You yourselves have also known Philippians at the first preaching of the gospel. After I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, but you alone. 
You know what God had me do this morning? He said, I want you to read this first person, Eric, and I want you to put yourself in it. Listen to this. He says, nevertheless, you've done well to share with me in my affliction. You yourselves also know, living word, that at the first preaching of the gospel, after I left North Carolina, no church shared had a conversation with somebody that's like how'd you end up getting here i said i don't know it was god i said i knew how i was being and i came here and i sold everything i had and what i didn't have i gave away and i loaded up a truck with a son and an eight-year-old boy and i drove across the country to go to oklahoma no church shared but you living word fellowship have done that shared with me in a matter of giving and receiving but you alone verse 16 Back to the Bible, he says, and even Thessalonica, you sent a gift more than once for my needs. So obviously, Thessalonica, they sent gifts to Paul. And here's what I want us to get. If we don't get anything else today, if you don't do anything else today, I want you to understand this right here. Verse 17, Paul says, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the profit which increases to your account. See, there's kingdom economics. Kingdom economics says so in order to get out of debt. The world economics says, no, I can't give to the church. I can't give to ministry. I can't give to those things because, you know what, I got to have it. And it's just the opposite in the kingdom. It says, give and it shall be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together and running over. It'll cause what? Men to give into your bosom. And you're like, well, pastor, you're just preaching all this stuff because you need money. I don't need your money. God doesn't need your money. He's not broke, busted, or disgusted. But Paul says to the Philippian church that it's not about me, it's about you. It's about you giving in and hitting your account. Does anybody want to hit their bank account? I would like love to me. If you, Jerry, you said, Eric, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a thousand dollars a month, hit your bank account, give me your number. That's awesome. I'll give it to you. You just hit my bank account and you give me a thousand dollars. How many of you know we're hitting a bank account in heaven? And some of us are, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not money, y'all. It's, it's not money. It's peace and prosperity and goodness and love and everything else. It's those things that are there. You're hitting a bank account. He says, not that I seek the gift itself, but I seek for the profit which increases to your account. But I have received everything in full and in abundance, and I am amply supplied, having received everything from Ephraim, if, is, what you have sent, a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And he goes on in verse 19 and he says, My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Here's a principle that he's talking about kingdom economics. He says, you want to sow, you got to sow. He said, you want to get out of debt, so forth. We've been looking at some things and how to get out of debt and we're sowing, we're sowing, we're sowing, we're sowing. We're saying, God, where is that going to be? Where is that going to be? How can we sow? How can we get out of debt? Years ago when this building, we sowed for this building and it's like God, God reminded me this morning. He said, you sowed a, a seed for this building and God gave us this building. Now, yeah, there's a debt on it. There's a mortgage on it. There's all those things that are on it. There, there's light bills and electric bills and all this other stuff that have to be paid and taken care of. There's insurance and taxes and everything else. And it's not inexpensive by a building this size at all. But he says, when you sow, when you do those things, when you give, it becomes a sweet-smelling aroma 
Now, I don't know about you, but some of you, I know we're almost ready to go to lunch, and some of you getting a little hungry, your backbone's gnawing at your tummy, but you know what? You, I start talking about food, you start thinking, man, but I mean, there's a time where, where if you're, if Shelly's baking bread, or I've been to Virginia, she's breaking baking bread, and you can go in that house, and how many of you know that thing smells good? That's a sweet-smelling aroma. I'm here to tell you there's a sweet-smelling aroma that's going to heaven today. And he goes on in verse 20, he says, Now our God and Father and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The church was in partnership with God. Paul understood one thing. He said, look, I'm amply supplied. I know what it's like to have some. I know what it's like not to have some. I've been in, and I've been in all right either way, and I'm amply supplied. But he says, I want something to go to your account. So as I began to start looking at this, I began to start looking at what was holy and acceptable. Back to your paper. Philippians 4, 18 and 19 says, I have rejoiced in everything in full and have an abundance. I am amply suffied, having received from Aphroditus, Aphroditus what you have sent, a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. Now, do you think there were some in that church that some could give one amount and some could give another? Now, to me, 110,000 are different. Are you with me? But how many of you know to God, if it's what you've purposed in your heart and you do that and you're obedient to that, then it's a sweet-smelling aroma no matter how the amount is. Yeah, it's tough now, isn't it? It's getting tough. Because some of you have come and said, Oh, man, I forgot this was Bountiful Sunday. I probably wouldn't have come. If I knew they were going to ask for money or get money, that I probably wouldn't have come. But there's some of you that says, yes, I know what. I want to get connected to that because there's a connection that takes place. And I'm going to share with you in just a few minutes some of the things that God, God has already done. But he says it's an acceptable sacrifice. Hebrews 13, 16 says, do not neglect doing good and sharing. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Well, God is pleased with me. Yes, he's pleased with you. He loves you. He does. And that's not going to change whether you give or whether you don't give. This is hard for me this morning. This is not the message that I was wanting to give. But I'm going to be obedient to God, and I want you to be obedient to God. He goes on in Romans 12, too. He says, therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. First Peter 2, 5. You also are living stones. I love this scripture. You're being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Do you know that when you do these, you're a spiritual sacrifice to the Lord. When you live your life for him, it's a spiritual sacrifice to the Lord. It's a good smelling aroma to God. Come on. When you love somebody who is unlovable, when you forgive where you can't, other people can't forgive. It's a, it's a sacrifice, and, and, it's, and it's an aroma to God. And we don't realize that. Sometimes we just like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to forgive. You need to forgive. I'm not going to bless. You need to bless. You need to speak good. You need to be confident. You need to be allow God to change what's going on in you. It goes on in, in Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. And he says this, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for you, an offering and a sacrifice to God and as a fragrant offering. And I could I say holy and acceptable. 
So here's kind of where we are. I, I sent out a video, and I don't know who, how many of you, just a survey, how many of y'all saw a video? One, two, can you hold them up? I just want to know if it's, it's even going out. I'm excited about today. I, I, I'm excited about what God's wanting to do. So some of you know what's going on. Some of you have no idea. I want to share with you what's going on. We're asking for a bountiful offering, and maybe you came prepared today to do that. Maybe you didn't, and that's okay. But I want you to take an envelope. Some of you have is for the cause. Some of you have already brought it in. Mine's ready to go. It's previously promised bountiful gift. Are you with me? And some of you may not like, hey, Pastor, I understand this. I want to I wanna be able to access something in my account, but I didn't come today prepared to do that. That's fine. It's not a problem. How many of you know that the worker that was hired in the morning at 6 a.m. and then the one that was hired at 9 and the one that hires with 10 and one that was hired at noon when the day was over, the one at noon got the same thing as the one that came in the morning? Amen? Because those are the, those are the principles that are there. So I want us to be able to look at this and say, okay, what are we believing God for? Do I need to do this first before you give that? Okay. This is, sure, this is a, this is a card for you. And, and I've filled mine out. And I want to share in December. In December, some of you took place in this. And some of you, some of you have a testimony that you've not given to me. But I want to share a testimony that, that God has done. Somebody sowed a seed. That's all we're doing today. You're being obedient. I don't have to, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I am not gonna tell you how bad the church needs your money. Because that would change my motivation to you. I want my motivation to be the same as Paul's and saying, guess what? There's something going on and you can access your account. You can make a deposit. And that's going to be credited to you. So somebody had sowed a seed, connected what we, they believed God for. And I know this is different from some of you. This is not name it and claim it. This is not that. This is operating in, in what the word of God says. So they, they sowed a seed and they said, we need, we need car repair. We need brakes and we need tires. Well, when they found out they replaced the tires and God provided the funds to replace the tires, the brakes didn't need it. Come on, somebody. Say, God's got a way. Come on, tell somebody else, God's got a way. Another testimony that I had was how many of you know somebody sowed a seed and their husband needed a job? And their their husband got a job. Let's give the Lord some praise for that. Can we do that? Hallelujah. If you can't be happy for them, be happy for yourself because good things are headed your way. And that's I'm just telling you, it's a principle of the word of God. Not only did that did they access the bank account in heaven, right? But they but God also released some things on the earth. Another one that I, I heard about, came up to me and told me, said, I got a raise and I got a bonus. And they were laying other people off. I, I, I'm sorry about the, it hurts me. I don't want the people that are laid off. Come on. We want to be able to help them. But they, they believed God and they stepped out and they said, you know what? I'm going to connect this. I'm going to write down. I'm going to find out. You know what? The word of God says in Malachi said, test me in this. If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. I have a personal testimony I'll share with you in just a minute. But there was raises and bonuses. I know others that got loans paid off. I know others that had a maturity of an investment that all of a sudden that investment matured. And it may have been the time where they had a bill that came up and that had to be paid off. Can I get an amen? Come on, you guys. And I'm like, man. So we have a, we have a personal testimony. You want to you share and then I'll share. 
You know, I've been waiting a long time to get up here and testify because there have been people come all the time, and I didn't really feel like I had a specific one. But in December, we gave in the, for the cause. I don't quite remember what we gave, I, 1000 or $2,000, I would say. Um, and so I wrote out what, what we were believing God for. And this is April, five months later, right? Four months later. And so today, all of our credit cards are paid. They were in the thousands, people. And today, all our personal loans at the bank are paid. And that was in the thousands. Today, even a credit card loan, you ever do that? Even a credit card loan is paid in full. It was in the thousands. And then, you know, it's kind of like God ends a little, gives you a little kiss or something. The mortgage on our land for 15 years was released. And we have money left in the bank. Praise God. Hallelujah. I didn't solicit that at all from her. But years ago, when I began to start tithing, and I said, God, I I can't tithe. And God said, you can't not tithe. So we made a, a loan of almost $4 million. We borrowed $4 million of money. And in December, I was believing God for a certain contract because we've paid off three point, actually $2 million of that money. No, no, you didn't hear what I said. It has now been paid off. And it was after December, it was in January, February, that that money got paid off. But there was still $900,000 left out there. And how many of you know I didn't have a contract for that $900,000? I was, can I say it this way, y'all? I was exposed. So we, we sowed a seed. And we believed a specific amount for this contract because it has to pay off that $900,000. And there's, I'm just here to tell you, it's a testimony of what God's done, not me. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I'm, I'm not that. But we sowed that seed. I, I put it on my card. I, I, Bill, I, I got it on my desk. Exactly. Things didn't turn out the way I wanted to because we've had some of you that are prayer warriors here have been praying about that situation. It didn't turn out exactly what I wanted to, but I told Shelly, I said, what I wrote down on that card, God did. So now we've secured a contract that'll pay for that $900,000. And I'm telling you, I can go to sleep tonight and know that, God, look what you've done. And I am very grateful and I'm very thankful for that. So I know people have gotten jobs. They've sown a seed for a job. So some people, you may, you may need a salvation for somebody. This isn't just about finances. It's about uh, peace in your home. 
I know years ago others have sowed for a job. I know one person that came up and said, when on a bountiful offering, I sowed that my husband would get a job and get a good job with benefits. And guess what happened? It wasn't long after that. You can call it coincidence. You can call it whatever you want to. I call it the favor of the living God. Can I get an amen for that? Because God gets the glory for it. Came up and said, oh, by the way, he got a job and he's working for this company. And did they have benefits? Yes, he's got benefits. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I know that there's, I know there's opportunities to give many times and many things. But when you sow for eternal purposes, it's greater than anything you could possibly do. So here's what I'm asking you to do. If you don't have an envelope, get one. If you want to take it home, if you want to give today, some of us come to give today, if that's okay. And if you didn't come to give today and you want to hear from the Lord, just hear from the Lord and then give as the Lord leads. That's the most important thing. I, I don't, I don't have to, I don't have to beg. I don't have to do anything else. God's not a beggar. You know what I mean? I'm not going to beg to God. I'm going to declare and decree a thing and it'll be established. And I want the very same things that have happened to Virginia. I want it to happen to me. I want bills to be paid off, debts demolished, royalties received, wise investments and dividends. I want you to have peace at night when you go to sleep. I want you to be able to lay your head down and have what the Bible calls for, sweet sleep. I want relationships to be full and prosperous. I want, I want the enemy to be kicked down, put his, put his, your foot on his neck and say, you're not going to have this. You're not going to have that. You're going to begin to stand for the things of the Lord. I want you to be like Paul. And Paul said to the church there, and I'm saying to you, it's not for me, it's for your account. And people are like, you know, I, one more thing, and I want to have you give. I, I had him, asked him to put this table up here because I want to pray over this. If you're here and some of you are like, you know what? I had a single mom come up to me years ago and say, look, I can't give $100 right now, but I can give you $5 a week. And what was I going to say? I could have said, you know, God will make up that $5. Don't worry about it. But it wasn't about me, was it? It was about her. And it was about her and her heart and what God wanted to do. So there's this information here. Um, it's kind of like a pledge sheet or whatever. But listen, don't make a vow and, keep, and don't keep it. If you make a vow, keep it. Hello? Or don't make it at all. Well, I've never been to a church where they told me not to make the vow, not to, not to give. Don't give if it's not in the right mode. If it's not the right motive, don't give it. God will take it and do what he needs to do with it. He'll break it, feed 5,000, and they'll have 12 baskets left over. But if the motive's not right and the heart's not right, then maybe you just don't need to give now. Is that okay? Is that okay to hear that? I know it's different than what you probably heard. But here's what I want you to do. Grab an envelope, and there's inside an envelope, and the ushers have envelopes if you don't need them. I mean, if you need one. Inside that is a green card. It says, what I'm believing the Lord for. I'm not asking you to fill this out and give it to me. I'm asking you to build your faith that when you believe God for this, that you will put down what you're believing the Lord for. Be specific. Don't be just a shotgun prayer. If you've got a Visa credit card, then say, I want that Visa credit card paid in full. Now, you remember when Jim Holman came and he pre preached about preparing for the blessing? Preparing for the blessing? You know, I don't, you know, God can put money in a mailbox and he's done that. But how many of you know he may bring a raise or a bonus or he may bring a dividend or something else some other way and that money's going to come into your hand? I want you to have the wisdom to know where that goes. What it needs to go for. Because God's going to give you a choice on that. So, man, um, Susan, would you come play some music? So here's what I want you to do today. 
I just need to be obedient to the Lord. If you have an envelope, I want you to come and just bring it up here. And this is for everybody. Just come and just come and bring it up. If you have one, if you want to fill one out today or you want to make a pledge today, you go right ahead and do that. Again, this is about what God says is credited your account. And I want you guys just to come and and stand with me because I'm going to stand in the gap for those that don't have it to give. Are you with me? I'm standing in the gap for those that don't have it to give, that God will make a way in the wilderness, that God will make a way, that God will begin to release some things in your life that there's going to be wisdom. Anybody need wisdom? I mean, some of you, some of you, I, 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 the Lord said some of you will begin to sow for peace because there's unrest and hurt in your home. There's things going on in your life that you just need the peace of God that transcends all understanding to be upon your heart and your, and your mind. I want you guys just to come in with me. I know this is, I know this is different. This is unusual. We've, we've really not done this part in eight, 17, 18 years. But I just want you to stretch your hands towards the altar here and towards this right here. God, I thank you for this prepared, bountiful gift. I thank you, Lord God, that you give out of what you've, they've purposed in their heart to give. And, Father, I thank you. And, God, I, I not only pray a blessing for those here that have given this, that these seeds, that they go forth, that they get land on fertile soil. God, we thank you that you are a multiplier, that you bring increase, that, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we declare wise investments and dividends. We declare right now, God, that these things will bring forth what they're believing you for. I declare that faith will begin to arise in Jesus' name. I declare that confidence and assurance will begin to rise in Jesus' name. I declare, the Lord God, that you're going to break off poverty, that you're going to break off mindsets, that you're going to break those things off of people's lives right now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for that you've given seed to the sower. And, Lord God, that they're sowing this and it's going to land and it's going to produce a 30, 60, and 100-fold or 160 and 30-fold. Father, I thank you for the return on this. Father, I thank you that Paul says that we are investors and we're investing in the kingdom of God. Father, I thank you that we are investing in you. God, I thank you that there will be eternal purposes. God, that I thank you that, that lives will be changed, shaped, and molded. God, we're praying for wisdom on what to do and how to do it, where to sow. God, right now, in the name of Jesus. And I break off any lack right now in Jesus' name. I break off any poverty mindsets right now in Jesus' name. I declare an abundance to do not only take care of their families, God, but to have an overflow. Father, I thank you that they are giving out of their overflow right now in Jesus' name. I declare that debt is going to be broken off in Jesus' name. I declare that credit cards are going to be paid in full. I declare that they're going to have a peaceful, restful night's sleep where maybe they've not been able to sleep for, for many nights, God, to tonight. I declare that souls will come in to the kingdom of God right now in Jesus' name. I declare as we stand forth, God, as we stand in the gap for those that are unable to give, those that are part, God, that you, that you will, we will stand as a hedge of protection for them. Father, I thank you that the devourer will be rebuked right now in the name of Jesus. And I declare that faith will arise in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, we just declare this right now in Jesus' name. We just declare this right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen, amen. Will you guys stand? We're going to be dismissed here in just a moment. Listen, I want to encourage you. Don't give up. Don't don't back up. 
giving to the Lord is like a worship. It's a sacrifice that we give to the Lord. It's not something that has been easy for me personally. It's been difficult. But once I stepped into it, it was almost like stepping into a river. Anybody ever been down in Oklahoma City and they got that little lazy river down there at water, the water park thing or something? Once you get in it, it kind of moves you right along and you just float along with that. I want to encourage you today, test God in this. There's nothing else in the Word of God that He says, test me in this. He doesn't say, test me with faith. He doesn't say, test me with healing. He doesn't say, test me with any of these other things. But He says, test me with this and see if I will not rebuke the devourer, first of all, and open up the windows of heaven. I want you to have an abundance for all good works, whether it's involved in this part of the church, this part of the city, this part of this region of Oklahoma, the state of Oklahoma, the United States of America, or nations around the world those nations that we've sown into those nations look around those nations that we've sown into and there's many more and many others but I want to help locally I'm not sure what radical thing God's going to have us do but I want to help locally there's people that are out of jobs there's people that are getting laid off there's people that are getting put back and they know that they've got to have hope we're going to be a hope We are going to be what the church wants us to be, what God wants us to be. Put your hand on your heart if you will today. It's been an amazing time, God. God, I thank you for the miraculous things that are taking place. I thank you for people that are obedient. And they just hear from you and we just leave the results to you. God, give them wisdom. Give them revelation to know you so much more. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hey, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let us introduce it to you. If you need some prayer today, let us pray for you. God bless you. Go forth in his power and his might. We love you. Go forth in his strength, his power, and his might in Jesus' name.